Welcome everybody to another edition of Games and Games with Chris and Chris. Wait, what? Yeah, see, that's the kind of pre-show I've had. My name is Sean. This is actually Weekly Games Chat. Gotcha. This is episode number 381. We are live on twitch.tv. If you're not here watching us, why not? All the cool kids are. Any device you have, you can come, you know, set up an account for free and see us, hang out with us and uh, things of that nature. Uh, this is the intro part of our show. I'll probably say that again. But before I do that, we got to introduce the boys. Um, they both look very cool today. I don't look as cool as them or feel as cool as them. It's probably fine. I am a god of war. John, welcome to the show. Sean, what day is this? It is a Sunday. What? Who's calling me? <laughs> what time is yeah. the chili, what time's the chili ready? I think in about 30 minutes maybe ish. Um yeah. So I will cover this topic real quick <laughs> and I'll just come right on over. Well, the good thing about chili is it can kind of it can marinate for a little while. Marinate. You know. Um, and stuff like that. We got to talk about that. That could possibly be what you want to bring to the intro, John, because that's a good one. Is it? Is what kind of chili is it? You just crack a can of Hormel? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, <laughs> I, I make it. I mean, it's nothing to write home about, but my home loves it. If that makes sense. What? Uh, Chris kind of gave me an approving. Yeah, it makes sense. And Chris is here. He's rocking. I love that hat when you wear it. By the way, let me get that. Uh, welcome to the show, buddy, and thank you for also texting me to remind me that I have a podcast to do today. <laughs> you know, if you want, you can uh, come with me down to the CBC tomorrow and, and purchase one of these said hats. Oh, that would yeah. be, that might be a thing after John and I have lunch tomorrow. Yeah. Because you're not apparently coming to lunch with us. <laughs> well, to be fair, today was the first time I'd seen the light of day or like oh, gone true. outside for about five or six days <laughs> this is true this is true uh it, it, we're gonna of course this is the intro and chris is gonna talk about something called the pyramid of time i'm gonna talk about qatar qatar john oh. thought he had nothing but john actually can you tell the people what happened at about 5 41 today <laughs> well we were uh me and me and chris were just hanging around as one does uh on a tuesday afternoon and it uh, you know Sean usually I'm actually usually the the last person to jump on Discord because I leave work and get here. Well, I was yeah. off today. And um so we're just sitting here and it's it's 5 what time was it? It's 41. 5:41. <laughs> and we're starting to get a little bit concerned. We're like, wait a around, minute. Around around 5:30 we're not that worried because Sean is Sean. Right. And right. you know, he's he's <laughs> he could be doing basic things. Tinley could be throwing up. You never know what could be the going deal. down. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Chris, uh, Chris begins to text him, and I'm like, "Screw that! I'm just going to call him." And uh, you pick up the phone, and you basically go, "It's Tuesday, isn't it?" <laughs> or, something, or something to that effect. You're in your kitchen oh making God. a pot of chili. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we went basic Becky's, and uh, it's autumn, so we got. We we really aren't going to drink pumpkin spice stuff, but it got a little cold and rainy today, so we were like, "Chili, let's do it." Uh, but when you called me, the weirdest thought went to my head, and it's it's the picture of us at the the uh, B thing that we did when we were smart and we finished third and we had B costumes on. Um, and it's you and I, and that's the picture. And I was like, "Why is John calling me?" <laughs> it didn't hit me until it hit me, if that makes sense. And then mm. as I'm walking in here. 
Chris had also texted me right before that with the word and a question mark, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we were getting we were getting a little concerned. Like, I, um, yeah. Oh my god. Well, apparently, Chris, this, this is about the time you remind people it's our inside joke when I forget things. Uh, yeah, you were in an accident. Um, you know, it's it's understandable. It's to be expected. <laughs> oh it, my god, it happened. Well, sometimes, sometimes. Well, that's kind of what I was. I had a momentary. I don't know, a momentary panic, like uh, he wrecked, phone answers and who's this? He wrecked a, he wrecked another one. <laughs> New phone, who this? Oh my god. <laughs> New phone, who this? Uh so yeah, I got my time kind of mixed up and watch this pro pivot. Uh to bring the topic, uh the intro to the the intro topic to the intro today for Chris, he's got to talk about a pyramid of time and we're John and I both want to know what that is. So Chris, yeah. without further ado. Um Actually, hold on. Why don't you go first? Um, I, have, I, have, I have visuals for... You have visuals? So you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. So Chris hit the rewind button on the Pyramid of Time, and I'm going to talk about Qatar, Qatar. And if you're a soccer fan, you know what that means. The World Cup is right here on the heels of kicking off, uh, and I could not be more excited. The boys from the USA are finally back in the World Cup. They got a pretty hard draw. I think their first match is against Wales. If you keep up with Wales football soccer you know that gareth bale is an international superstar he's ready to go he's 100 percent uh, the u.s also i believe has england in their group it's a tough mm. group but uh, tough. we're excited for the world cup to start and to cup to couple that i saw a netflix documentary about the fifa scandal oh, that yeah. rocked that the sport and the qatar pick is even still part of potential scandalness uh, it's a really good documentary. If you, it, it doesn't really show soccer, if that makes sense. It shows the behind the scenes, how how the the president of FIFA kind of rose to being this like really powerful figure in the world, uh, because of how big the sport of soccer is in the world and how big the event, the World Cup is in the world. It's it was pretty uh, pretty le- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I got distracted. Punkhead is in our Twitch chat, and uh, he he once again pointed out how Chris can name drop. That's legit. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good watch. So if you're excited about the World Cup, I would personally like to hear it. If you have never written into the show, and maybe you want to write in and and say who you're going for or, or what you're looking forward to, and also recommend that documentary. Um, I will look up the official title of it while Chris has visuals for his uh, topic called yeah, Pyramid right of Time this week. Yeah, uh, so this weird thing has been happening to me at my my local watering hole that I didn't realize, you know, it made me think about passage of of time. You just don't realize how quickly time and and things have been going on. So a couple weeks ago, we're gathered around, and uh, there are like these seasonal releases that happen for beer, right? Like, you know, brewers, they they go through seasons, like you you have Oktoberfest, all different types of things, right? And one of the ones that has happened around here is that there's a brewing company out of Birmingham. They're called Trim Tab, and they make this thing called a cranberry uh, Berliner Weiss, which is kind of like a sour beer, but it's like really nice because it tastes very cranberry, ginger, cinnamon, all that kind of stuff in there. It just it tastes like Christmas in a cup. And for us, it's become this thing. And I thought it was like, oh, 
hey, yeah, I remember when we did this like a year or two ago. So we the beer drops, what we proceed to do. We all proceed to start drinking these cans. And because it's something for Christmas, what did we end up doing that night? Well, of course, we had to go and uh, build ourselves a Christmas tree out of these cans and stack them up as high as we could. <laughs> Visual time! <laughs> Yay! And, you know, here's the can. You can see we, we build a tree. This is what we do. And, you know, I was like, wow, cool. Well, then I get to my feed this morning. And I have a throwback. And sure enough, it's from the last time we did this. Now, like I said, I thought this was about a year or two ago. Please let it be the same exact. I made this same tree with Jeff five years ago. <laughs> at the same five? Time. Five years ago. That's five years ago. I've been doing this, I feel like, every chance I get. And this wow. was for five years ago. And it just, it was one of those things where I'm like, it's really sad that the way I'm beginning to track the passage of time in my life is by making a pyramid of beer cans in the shape of a tree <laughs> to celebrate the holiday season. That's how I know it's Christmas. Like we're That's coming how you Christmas know it's starting to kick holiday. it. Yeah, man. You know. Could have been worse. Could have been a pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight. Ooh. That was that was smooth, John. I'll give you that one. Talking about cars and dreaming about women? Never had a hope. Or uh, just give them for the living, or whatever the line is. Yeah, way down. No, uh, no, no. You, no, you no, are. You are way down yonder on the Chattahoochee when this literally happens. at the Chattahoochee brewery. <laughs> that is so awesome. Uh, yeah. That's actually a really good story, and that's a good reminder. If you're like, what pictures is he talking about? We threw them up on our Twitch stream. So if you're yeah. not here, you missed it, but you can watch the replay. So again, if you've been waiting on. Why do I need to watch the guys? You never know what we're going to do. We'd love to see you here. Uh, and already we have our friend of the show, Josh, uh, in the chat. We also have Punkhead in the chat. And Punkhead also had something really funny when we went live, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw it. Mm. So it, it, our, it, in our Discord, it said, you know, hey, everybody, we're live. And it says the name of the, the episode and everything. And uh, <laughs> he immediately said, your mom's box is a monkey island. <laughs> wait wait what <laughs> Pretty good. so that made me chuckle in the in the moment of panic uh when i totally missed uh you know that we had a show today but boys we are pros and that is how you do an intro do you guys have anything else you wanted to add or subtract from said intro once nobody, again chris no, nobody saw wakanda forever no i, was, I, I actually not. asked chris if that was going to be his thing i was waiting maybe we should all go watch it we could well, I i saw it did you? Yeah. No. Oh. Well, I guess we're not going to see it together, Chris and John. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Uh, it was okay. Uh, I will say, if you are if you are if you are starting to wane on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is not going to bring you back. Hmm. Kinda, IGN, I think, gave it a seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it really it really gave some really good tribute to. Chadwick Boseman, but it just kind of the movie kind of reinforced my opinion that they could have just recast that role. I don't know why they treated that role so sacrosanct and such. It's like they treated it like this holy relic. You can't touch it anymore. But mm -hmm. it's like, you know, maybe, maybe it's a good idea to give another young black actor a shot at the title, you know, see what, see what they could do with it. They, they've recast so many Marvel characters already. Um, just seems strange. It just, 
it his 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 absence was very heavily felt in this movie, and oh, that's aw. and that wasn't a compliment. That's not a yeah. compliment. Yeah, I, I've heard from I think people. You mentioned that people who aren't waning on the Marvel excitement in the universe. I've heard that they kind of enjoyed it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've heard folks who maybe are not waning, but you know, kind of in between. They're kind of like, yeah, it was it was just all right. Um. Yeah. There's, a, it, there's a key care. I mean, I know they've done this a couple of times in the Marvel cinematic universe, but there's a key character in this, in this, uh, in this movie that they really just sort of fit and molded for the story to fit within the, the Wakanda narrative, as opposed to let them stand out on their own. And that, I don't know, that just kind of felt cheated out of a really good character, but um, it made a buttload of money. So, what do I yeah. know? <laughs> I saw a stat that in its first weekend, it has already beaten the entire run of another superhero type movie, which was Black Adam. It's already smoked what that made during its entire run. Oh, Josh, bring, yeah. Josh brings up a good point as far as the recast. He says, I think it's because how beloved Chadwick is, it would have never felt right if they recast. Plus, it's not fair to the past or would have been the new actor aka you know yeah it, it I, I can see his point i'm thinking of yeah. john i'm thinking of like the uh the apollo movies like the new ones uh or or the apollo the creed movies i shouldn't say the apollo it's kind of like we still have rocky if you will mm-hmm. kind of passing the torch so eventually one one day it could just be a creed movie and we 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 have this boxing legacy if chad bowman's character uh bozeman characters would have been able to maybe you know usher in the new black panther it could have worked it just happened so quick yeah or i should say unexpected not quick quick's not the right word but i still want to see it um maybe we catch a matinee or something chris we can since apparently josh has already seen it and john's already seen it me and josh went together (laughs) what is this true true. that's not true is this what conspiracy theories you have had to go to lagrange there's no way john would ever go to lagrange that's true or josh josh would have been like i'm on the way and then josh would have not been on the way yeah (laughs) (laughs) love you josh love you john uh but yeah ladies and gentlemen this has been the intro of uh episode 381 i'm excited to see about this topic we're going to pivot into because uh john and i were talking one day and uh we he was like yeah i'm gonna go ahead and download that and have it ready for the show brother and i was like okay Let's see what it's all about. So uh, do this. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. This is the official land of topic time. Uh, whether or not, uh, you know, if you listen to the intro or if you saw the time marker for this topic time and you came straight to here, it doesn't matter. We are all here together. Welcome home. Get cozy. Uh, and this is where I shut up because Chris is now going to do the thing he does to properly introduce this week's topic. Chris. The topic is.
There's no need for anything else. <laughs> News. <laughs> that was amazing. I the music was kind of chill, and we turned it up a notch. You know, kicked it up a notch like Emerald used to. I forgot he to cooked. Read, put the the volume back up. That's all that was. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, I I am that has some stank on it. That's right, Josh. I am loving some stank. They do every week, Josh. You would know that if you were here for the topic interest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate you being here, though, Josh. Yeah. You're really helping yeah. us out this week, bud. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go back and forth with Josh and Twitch chat, please join us next week on Twitch.tv Weekly Games Chat. Enough about that, though. John, I'm ready to return to a place I didn't know existed. So if so if uh, if you're listening to this on, on podcast services from around the world. World, world, world. In the segment between the intro and now, <laughs> Sean said, <laughs> Sean said, is this the game about monkeys and balls? Return to monkey balls, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. And obviously, obviously, Sean was talking about monkey ball. Super, <laughs> monkey, super ball. monkey ball. Super monkey ball, which yeah. I think was a classic GameCube game. Yes. But I digress. I digress. Um, <laughs> when I, uh, it, it as as sort of a intro, like if you're asking why the heck are you guys covering Return to Monkey Island? Number one, it's been out for a little while, uh, but it but it showed up free for on Game Pass. It started out on um, PC and Switch of all consoles. Isn't that a weird combo? Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> Chris, being Chris. And that's not an insult, Chris, but being Chris, he he decided he was going to take a couple of days off to play this play this random game. Um, forget the name of it. Uh, and Sean was lamenting the fact that due to his, due, due to due to his schedule over the weekend, there was going to be little to no opportunity to jump on the bandwagon as far as this game is concerned. Not return to Monkey Island, ladies and gentlemen. A another game that we might be talking about in the future. So. <gasps> Oh, 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 that's Santa Monica week. Studios own <laughs> God of War Ascension. <laughs> um, so to appease Sean, that's good stuff. Um, I decided to pick up this little gem so that in, a, in the future, the three of us or two of us, we'll see, we'll have more time to give you, ladies and gentlemen the energy and expertise you deserve when covering this this new game that we're going to be talking about. Potentially game of the year situation here, John. Potentially. In many circles, some might even, be saying that. Even in the uh, Game Awards, you know, little list they came up with, it's already on it. We we might talk about talk that. About, yeah, it's funny. let's not talk about the news before we get to the news. I'm, I'm just, it's called a tease, boys. Calm the... <laughs> down okay love a good tease but uh this uh this game you know i used to have a commodore 64 ladies and gentlemen what is that that's old school Mm -hmm. and it was it's like an atari it came with a controller but it was basically the console itself was a keyboard um that you hooked up to your tv and it came with games one of the uh, and a lot of the games i played on a commodore 64 were what were called text-based 
games where it would make where it would be there's no graphics to speak of there's no pictures video of any type it's just words telling you where you were what you were doing the atmosphere and then you would type something to command the computer to do something and then it would pop up and say here's what's happening next it's almost like uh it's almost like having a as someone who's never played this stuff it's almost like having a dungeon master this I looks of, terrible yeah man i i i look at this uh, when i when i was playing this game this this is this is like a modern day version of the sort of the mental gymnastics that would have to go into a text-based game because there's a lot of things you have to just use a lot of reasoning and a lot of logic when you're using those types of games. Mm-hmm. So this is a series that I've never played, but it's been around since 1990. There's like four or five games in the series. Um, they all look different art style wise. Um, Do you know who the chief writer was way back? In no, series? I'm not pretentious. Like, you I, I i need to also interject yeah. and say john i, don't I was know why talking that's about the commodore the <laughs> commodore 64 looks terrible if if i if i said that and some people including yourself thought i meant return to monkey island specifically that's not what i meant i, I googled the what the heck is a commodore 64 it's like a keyboard <laughs> that is yeah, the uh that's basically I, 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 that's, terrible. That that's the device that basically launched like a million you know game creators basically because yeah. that's all they would do I, I, <laughs> I think i've heard it before i've never visually seen it and then i laughed mm. out loud because they were they were making a they were making a, a retro commodore 64 at some point they were re- going to really they put out like the nintendos or whatever yeah, yeah they like they it's released. funny because Josh says the Commodore 64 was a Soviet sleeper tool to introduce, <laughs> i'm sorry indoctrinate future communists <laughs> i don't think that's accurate sean i think that might be <laughs> fake news Fake um, news alert. But no, of uh, the the series as far as launching careers, this is the one that famously uh Tim Schaefer is was one of the Who? chief rider. Tim Schaefer from Psychonauts. Psychonauts. And, yeah, I yeah. know, buddy. I'm just I'm with you. But uh this was the one that kind of like launched his career and built up and this is like, I mean, this used to be one of the gems from LucasArts. Like you talk to people like game developers, they will point to this series back in the early nineties is like something where they're like, Oh, you can't wait. Do did you have to be rich games. to own a Commodore 64? No, no. Cause it looks like it would have been expensive back in the nineties. Yeah. Well, what it did was it, it came with a controller. Actually, no, actually, it did it. I think you could use Atari controllers on this thing. Mm-hmm. So the keyboard was there, but there was different. It wasn't just text-based games. It had all kinds of games for it. And it would have this little cartridge slot in the back. You'd stick it in the back. <laughs> yeah. And we, what we used was we would just hook up the uh, Atari controllers. I think mm. the Atari joysticks. I think. Well, I got good news, John. Uh, John. Uh, Amazon has the the C sixty four Mini currently in stock for forty four ninety seven. It does come with a weird black and red weird earth two version of like an atari controller well here's the thing is um that not real monkey island has zero to do with commodore 64 yeah as i was saying <laughs> it just it just did it, it just the way this game works just sort of That's reminded funny. me they reminded me of some of the games some of the text-based games that i played on the commodore 64 Major now these, these uh these games don't have 
they don't have a whole lot to do with each other as far as sequential logic to them. They feature the same characters. They feature the same general plots. It seems like, uh, but this, but this is basically an an adventure puzzle solving game that I did not play on a PC. Mm. I should have. It would have, I think, would have made more sense. But the way they handled it transferred pretty well to a to an Xbox controller. But um, the uh, so so the game is not one of those games that I would have picked up myself to play. So um, I, I, I guess I just have to thank Sean for uh, whining about God of War Ragnarok. So his, uh, his whininess about it um, led me to quite a delight. If I, if I, if I, you're must, welcome. Uh, that was yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> that was so for this you. Is, uh, Merry Christmas. This is, this is uh, <laughs> And, and and believe it or not, guys, I'm going to talk about fast travel in this game. Oh, what? So stay, so stay tuned. So in this game, you uh, you start off in this on this island of Malay, and you and and the and and your the main character is uh has been a staple of the entire series. Chris, did you want to say his name? Well, you know, I am a name dropper, and I believe it's Guybrush. I can't remember his first name. I just remember yeah, Guybrush, Captain Guybrush, or whatever his name is. That was very anticlimactic. His name yeah. is Guybrush Threepwood. Mm-hmm. Why his name is Guybrush Threepwood, I have zero idea. But he's, he's kind of this. He's he's this he's this swashbuckling pile, uh, pirate that is the opposite of what you would picture of of a pirate. He's kind of clean cut. He's kind of innocent in his nature. He's sort of unassuming, um, and he's a he's a big goofball. Um, the, the, the art style is very different. It seems from what has been in the past, this art style. Can you guys hold on a second? Yeah, I could fill in with some fun facts. Uh, Chris, do you know what his a, a middle name is? Not off guy brushes middle name. Not offhand. It is Ulysses. He's yeah. Tucker's been upstairs all night and then his mom comes home. Right. Goes upstairs and Tucker comes down and goes, I went outside now. I hate dogs. Yeah. So just as you're kind of zoning back in, the name Guybrush comes in part. This is an origin from the deluxe paint or or deluxe paint, which was a tool used to create the actual character sprite. And they just called it Guybrush. Isn't that weird? That's how the name came about. Now tell us the background for LeChuck. All right. That's it. That's it. This game you think these four. things come from like all of these? This like, game no. is a four. Let's just move on. John, I did <laughs> throw some trivia out there. Do you know his middle name? Guybrush's middle name. It, I don't even. I, I'm, it might have come up during the gameplay, but Ulysses for the win. Oh yeah, I think it might have come up. Might have come up. That's what she said. So, the art style sort of. This is sort of. This is published by Devolver Digital, and Chris, you might know this. I, did mm-hmm. they did Devolver Digital publish um, the Guacamelee games? I don't know if they were the original Guacamelee publisher or not. This art style reminds me of Guacamelee one and two. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a very um, exaggerated, um, very bright and colorful, almost like almost like a a, a kid drew everything. 
the 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 body shapes, the heads, everything's a little bit disproportionate to where it um, to where it typically should look like. Um, Sean shaking his head. Uh, they got the developer listed as Drinkbox Studios. That's the developer, yes, but the publisher, publisher Drinkbox Studios as well. Yeah. Why does my hand itch? Right? This I don't is know, why does my hand um, have lipstick on it? Actually, this is a little bit different. This is the studio. The studio that made this is Terrible Toy Box, which um, their big thing before this was Thimble Thimbleweed Park, which is not what you're describing. Like that was kind of more sprite based and all that. So, but that is is like another kind of I believe story narrative, like you know puzzles through clicking, you know, point click and all that. So. It's not a bad, uh, not a bad developer to pick to trust the series with. So I guess I'm just gonna be letting dogs in and out. Yeah, <laughs> all show. It's probably fine. I'm I'm worrying about my chili. You're worrying about dogs. It's fine, boys. I'm this is here. what we do. This is just what we here. do. You didn't play a point and click game on a computer. You played it on an Xbox. So. Fine. So Guybrush Threepwood is uh, looking to return, <laughs> it's like return to Monkey Island because for some reason, after four or five games, he still has not uncovered the secret to Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. Why is his secret important? I don't know. What is he going to do with the secret? I also don't know. But it's almost like the uh, the developers and the story is very self aware that. <laughs> the the point and his mission and his goal is something he doesn't even know um why it's important but there's a but there's but there's a real innocence and a real charm to guy to guybrush um even though he's a walking maniac very good natured maniac and 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 by maniac I'll I'll get I'll get to I'll get I'll get to what I mean by that but um so this is <clears throat> so this is like a um this is like this is like a point and click adventure. Um and it's a puzzle game, but not but not in the way of you're walking up to a wall and you see it's it's not like you're trying to solve puzzles in the moment. You're trying to talk to everybody, observe everything around you and sort of deduce. And this is this is where the the text-based games come in. You're sort of having to figure out um ways to advance the story. And and the and and the mechanics are very scatterbrained. And I'm not and I don't say scatterbrained is a bad thing. But it's like it's logic puzzles. Um so th- this game this game is very difficult to talk about. I've never really played anything like this. I finished the whole freaking thing, but I'm left hey. with a difficulty trying to explain the gameplay. And I didn't realize I would be having a difficult time until I until just now i, I thought <laughs> this will be thought no I, had, problem. I thought i had a good tackle on this but but the way the game works basically is <clears throat> let's say for example in the beginning of the game you start off with no ship and you're trying to figure out ways to get to monkey island and that's that's basically chapter 1 so chapter 1 in a, each chapter it's got, it's it's got five chapters each chapter is if you will is a is a big giant puzzle you're trying to accomplish one goal per chapter. And that's and that goal is accomplished through different tasks within the game. 
You talk to a person here, give him what he wants, he'll give you this. You go to the next person, give them what they want because you talk to this person. It's all stacked on top of each other. In order to make the ultimate goal happen in each chapter, you have to do a sequence of events that aren't always obvious. And I should say there's two modes to this game. There's a casual mode that has basic puzzles that allow you to just progress the story. And then there's what is this kind of threw me off too, because I just, I kind of took a gamble. Then there's a hard mode where it's puzzle, 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 puzzle. Um, when I when it said hard mode, I wasn't sure exactly what I was getting myself into because you know, me, I play easy mode all the time. In fact, God of War is so easy on easy mode. (laughs) Anyway, so hard. So, The thing to do, there's like these little circles all over the screen it, where you're, where you're at, and you hi, and you and you sort of move the controller around to highlight that circle, and interact with that circle. And Guybrush will make a comment about something, or he, it, or whether that is interacting with a person, and you get a series of dialogue trees, and you basically, in order to in, in order to have a good grasp of how to get to the end goal of every chapter, you have to go to every section of the of the area, look at everything, talk to everybody, ask them as many questions as you can and just try to be as observant as you can because not all not every answer to every puzzle or not every not everything is going to be obvious. For example, you go up into these hidden woods and you see this you see this um Venus flytrap kind of thing with with this plant with needly teeth. Um and then you go to, and then somewhere else in the map, you talk to this guy who's, you have to, actually, you, you talk to this character who's who's going to make something for you. And what she says, she needs something in a riddle-based form with a lot of needly teeth. And if you're not careful, you're not going to remember the fact that you came across a plant way up in the hidden woods that could have helped you. I mean, it's it's basically, you could, if you're not good at one of these things, myself included, you can find yourself sort of wandering around endless amounts of time because you simply can't figure out what the next step is when the next step is, is sort of right in your face. Um, It's kind of crazy. I'm thinking at the same time that you're trying to describe how to describe this game, right? Chris played a game earlier that was, he was just watching movie reels over and over, but also in the same way, there's a lot of pointing and clicking, but that doesn't mean like if you're a gamer who listens to our show who thinks you can't get something out of a point and click adventure. If you remember, Chris loved the game that he played, had a great time with it. And John led off this conversation saying it's a it's a treat. And then I couldn't help but think about when I played Zach and Wiki back in the day on the uh, Wii. Um, it was called Zach and Wiki Quest for Bar- Barbaros's Treasure. Another point and click game. Uh, and they are kind of hard to talk about. And John, I got to give you a little, little kudos. You're doing great. I'm very well, much intrigued. I don't want to do much spoiling, but I'm going to go ahead and spoil a little bit just to sort of give, kind of paint a picture of of what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil. I don't want to spoil, but here comes. But yeah, he died. What? <laughs> let's say, let, let's say, let's say you visit a jail cell and you've got a friend in the jail, and there's a little circle around the keyhole in the jail cell. And then you look into the keyhole and you see some serial numbers that, that, that Guybrush comments that are very hard to read, okay? You don't really think much about that. 
but in the conversation with you and the guy in the prison, you offer to break him out of prison. Just a, yeah. just, just a happenstance offer. <clears throat> okay. Then you go to another guy who's a map maker and you're trying to find a map to monkey Island. That's like a big, one of the bigger goals, but you see in one of the circle icons on the screen that it's circling a box and that box has a lens in it. You pick up that lens and he goes, Oh, that's for seeing things up close. Now the game doesn't tell you to go back to that keyhole, use that lens, look in the keyhole and find the serial number you need. Now, why do you need that serial number? Well, it just so happened that a little while back you were in a key maker shop and the key maker happened to have said, Oh, we make keys based on the serial numbers. If I have a serial number, I can replicate the key. Does this starting to make sense guys? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all logic based. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the, it's not like a Zelda puzzle. It's not no, like an uncharted puzzle. These things aren't right. It's detail there oriented. You got to really pay attention. No. Yeah. You, mean, have to, you have to use the environments. You have to listen to what people say in order to progress through the story. I mean, you've got a friend that you've got a friend that won't won't let you borrow books from her, and you borrowing a book from her is very important to you progressing in the story. You just have to figure out how to get her to let you borrow a book again. So it's all this logic stuff where you talk, you, you observe and talk to everybody, look at everything you can, and you just have to pay close attention. Otherwise, you'll just kind of forget. Now, there's a hint system in the game as well that. It'll, it'll give you, if you're kind of stuck, it'll give you a hint. Then it'll give you another hint. Then it'll give you another hint. If you just can't figure it out and then it'll give you another hint. It'll say, go up there and go get that thing. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. So it's, with- kind of, it's kind of forgiving in that way. So that if you, if you're stuck, it will let you progress. Um, it'll just sort of make you feel bad for doing it. Yeah. Back in the day when you did these games, like it was kind of just knowledge. You, you better bring a pad of paper and a pencil or a pen and start writing down things so you can start to logic it out. Right. Like that's it what was, you, it you was like King's do. quest. I don't, I don't mm. know, Chris, have you ever played King's quest back in the day when it was on the mm. Apple two, you know, I did not, but it, it, it kind of had, it kind of had that kind of thing where the game, the game world, the game technology was incapable mm. of giving you these types of cues. I mean, people, people, you even go back to the NES era when talking about games like Castlevania two Simon's quest, like certain answers to certain puzzles, the game doesn't exactly say to you, like you had to find things by word of mouth, talking to people on the phone, you know, talking, you know, talking to people, friends at school. How do you know if you burn that bush, uh, something, a staircase is going to appear in the legend of Zelda. It's kind of, it kind of harkens back to that kind type of logic that's not handholding. yeah it's it's like you can go back to those games and you can see a lot of like modern rpgs took a lot from those like as far as going like there's a reason why it's it in most rpgs like for instance something like the witcher you go around and you talk to people it's finding out little facts and i think like the difference is is back then it was just all you better listen and you better keep tabs on this and then figure it out yourself versus today it's like you better listen, but then we're also going to give you visual hints, like maybe not so subtly, you know, like that this is the way or this is where you need to this go. This is the this way. Is, yeah, <laughs> this is who you need to look for, you know, there. And it's, it's two different eras, but it is cool because, like, when you do go back to these games, like I said, like that's where the foundation comes from. Like, that's where people were doing very important 
work that you just didn't have a lot of in games at that point, right? And now, like, we just take it kind of for granted. That's where it starts. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, as you're talking, John, I'm doing, you know, looking at comments from people from like the YouTube videos. There were so many people that were excited for this game to come out. Uh, sure. People were talking about they're going to party like it's 1994 again, stuff like that. Like it's overwhelmingly, there's like you could excitement, and then that excitement led to the game's release, and then almost everybody that plays it's just like you, where they're like, this is this was such a joy. It's if you look at the reviews on it everywhere, it's got high marks everywhere, and there's got to be something to be said about that. Um, you, you can't quite put it into words, but you know what else you can't put in, into words that you know that sometimes is awesome, John. It's love, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it just so happens you can buy on Steam the bundle, not including this new game, but you can buy the bundle um, for twenty five bucks. Now that's not bad. I mean, and 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 all of them appear to have sort of a a new um, coat of paint on them, so they, so they don't look like the what they would have looked like back in you know. I mean, there's one game that you can click on, and it kind of gives you side by side comparisons of what the original version of it looked like versus versus what it, it kind of has a it kind of looks like the older games kind of have a disney thing going on like mm. kind of a disney art which and they all look pretty good um it, it kind of makes me want to go back and 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 play these things but um it it's definitely got a charm to it it's it definitely has a a really a really funny humor to it uh your your arch nemesis is this ghost pirate named lechuck um, it's always legit. you know and his voice uh his voice in this game sounded incredibly familiar um but i let me see voice of lechuck voice. and uh, the origin of lechuck's name is they had some chuck beef that night and they made hamburgers <laughs> it's like wait what that's where the name came from Pretty i much. need some better origin stories guys um <laughs> uh, Devolver Digital, going back to that while John's researching. Chris, you played Cult of the Lamb. That was a Devolver Digital game. Yeah, they they do. Mo, mo, most recently. They do a lot of unique things every year. Yeah. I think they got something coming out pretty soon, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the key notes of this, um, I should say, and this is, and this is only, be, what's the guy's name? So the original guy for who did this, um, the original game, Ron Gilbert, series creator Ron Gilbert, um, came back to do this one, came back to direct this one. But um, this this game has a real charm to it. The characters are all very funny, very likable. Every single one of them. There's no there's no violence to speak of really in this game. You can't necessarily die. In this game, there might be some ways to do it. Um, so, in, in essence, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't a real game. <laughs> but uh, based on previous conversations, if you can't die, right? Based on previous conversations, but it's just the game's just got a big heart to it. It's got it's got great music that makes you feel like you're back in the '90s playing one of these types of games. Um, and there's just a, there's just a real charm about it. Um, so, I don't really know how much it is as far as um, what it's retailing for outside of game pass, but 
you know, there is, um, there's, it's gotta be worth it in my opinion, because I found, I, I found a new series that, you know, if, if I wasn't doing a podcast and I had time to play video games, um, I'd go back and play these. Um, I'm just checking to see how much this thing is. I will tell you the reason you don't die. Maybe this is our loophole to bring this back to being an actual game is because I just read that um, there. Well, I guess it's LeChuck. LeChuck is an undead pirate. Yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Guybrush is too. No, no. he's not. Well, dang it. Yeah. Uh, by the but, way, uh, this game is like uh, 25 bucks on Steam. That's pretty two. good price. I, I don't have any qualms about that. It's about seven hours to play, seven to 14 hours, depending on how stuck you get. Go ahead, Chris. I know you're busting at the seams. I was going to give you an update on your question from earlier. Uh, so question the, from earlier. The, er, the original guy who played LeChuck retired, right? So they recast, and it is with his blessing. Uh, Jess Harnell is uh, the voice of LeChuck this time. He's a pretty big voice actor out there like through the years in animation stuff like that he's probably i think the biggest thing i can name off of uh he's good old wacko warner from the animaniacs among other things so maybe um, that's maybe that's what it is and i just it's a yeah. it's a voice that i've that i've heard before but um the, the game is divided into five chapters um it takes about seven to 14 hours depending on how hung up you get um, and then at some point along the course of the game, you, you, you begin to be able to traverse all to all these different, um, islands within the game, all these different locations relatively quickly by just pulling up a map and having your ship go to different locations. Um, there's, there's a really funny bit in the game. Your, your love interest, I, I believe she's your wife in this game, Elaine. Your wife. She, uh, she runs a nonprofit uh, for scurvy outreach and uh, you get, <laughs> you get, you, you come across this ship that won't let you board the ship because there's a scurvy outbreak and Guybrush keeps trying to explain to the guy, no, that's not how scurvy works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, so his wife has a, it's run scurvy Island and it's just an Island filled with lime trees. Um, and basically what it is, is she's, she's trying to get these limes out to people as much limes as possible, but people just simply don't believe that, um, that scurvy is simply a vitamin C deficit. <laughs> it's kind okay. of a, it's kind of a funny bit that runs its course through the entire thing, um, and, and plays heavily into the story and things you have to do in the story, but just things like that, that just bring it a really big personality. Like, you know, you come across this, um, this queen where you have to, in order to get something done, you have to, you have to, um, take over her throne. And in order to do that, you have to challenge her to three activities. And they're just the funniest sequences, um, that, and you know, she's really good at these. You can try, you can try to just challenge her on these, on these things and you will lose every time. You just have to, figure out who to talk to, where to go, things that can make make it a sure thing when you go back and challenge her on something to where you can surely win. And like I said, these things aren't these things aren't obvious, but but the game but the game world is so alive 
even though it's just basic mechanics. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just, it, it's just got, it's just got a really big personality that caught me off guard. I was not really feeling it. I, I was not really feeling like playing it because I started God of War Ragnarok and I was like, Oh, I got to play. I got to play return to monkey Island uh, for the show, but I'm glad I did. I don't know if this is game of the year material for me or, you know, in the conversation, but I'm just really glad this game exists. I had a great time with it. John. So if you, if you had a Richard for this game, what do you think it might be? He's sipping from his big cup. He's considering it. It appears he's made a decision. No, wait, there might be more deliberation, right? This is a very (laughs) important moment in his life. People will judge him. (laughs) Once again, holding for suspense. He's kind of that guy right now at the end of those reality or TV show competitions that you just like want him to be like, just say it. Just say who got eliminated so we can all get on our night. Get back to gaming. Definitely an 8.5. Okay, there it is. 8.5. That's That's solid. That's solid. A little low. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a point and click adventure. I mean, it. it, it, The fact that he gave it an 8.5, that's like. The the fact that it doesn't. (laughs) I give it it props for not outstaying its welcome, you know, because it could have easily done that. Um, I was going to tell but, you, IGN gave it a nine, said it was amazing. Oh, okay. Well, then it's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> they said it was amazing, John. Uh, it's going very, back because now it's pretty great. Now I'm more fascinated about Jess Harnell. Uh, he also, John, this is where you know him from. He was the voice of Ironhide for the Transformers movies with uh, Michael Bay. And he's been oh. the announcer for America's Funniest Home Videos since 1998. <laughs> That's funny. Right? And he has the most amazing, like, hey, I lived through the 80s and I was into hair metal hair. You'll ever see. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was, I, that's a good way to bring that up. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I, John, I mean, I'm glad you found something, man, because you seem to always find these little things. You did that with, like, Doom. You, you, know, what we're, know, you know what we're missing though, this thing, week, John? What are we missing? Oftentimes, when I cover a game... Oh yeah, I tell it you, it makes that. you it makes you want to play it. I don't think I accomplished that this week. I think Sean, I think you're good. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't. I was thinking of when I'm going to play it. You wouldn't like this game, but I loved Zach and Wiki. You don't understand. I don't know what the Zach and Wiki is. I don't. I've brought Zach it up Wiki. several times. Zach yeah. and Wiki mm-hmm. calls himself a Nintendo fanboy. Quest for Bar Barbara Rose's. Bar Barbaro ba 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 Barbarosa's treasure. What's it on? We. Oh. You know the greatest Nintendo system ever. That's what they say. I mean, Did it had we bowling, dude. <laughs> hey, it had we bowling. Do 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 do. Uh, you guys want to do some news? Uh, yeah, the news team it's, worked hard today. It's only six fifty. Yeah, I know. I don't know what's what does that mean. We're doing fine. Yeah, Remember, right. we started this the stream technically. If you're worried about the timers going on, we started the stream late. We didn't really let it fluff up, so everything's really close in concurrency to 
We lost our fluffer. Yeah, there's no fluffer on set today, John. <laughs> on that note, news. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. Ladies and gentlemen, right before we hit this news, we got a couple of bookends. Is that what you call them? Loose ends, not bookends. Sean, loose ends, we're going to tie up real quick. In the intro, I talked about a documentary that I, I watched concerning FIFA. It's actually called FIFA Uncovered. It's right here, released on purpose to kind of match up with the World Cup that's about to start. Additionally, I think the boys, like that's us, we decided we're going to take the week of Thanksgiving off. That's next week. We will be back the following week, and I'm pretty sure at that point we'll be ready to rock and roll on God of War. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So don't think we're not covering it. We are all playing the you-know-what out of that game. Um, mm. So yeah, And I'm sure you'll hear from us again, but uh, as we said it, we do hope you have a nice, you know, uh, safe Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, and and <laughs> the meme is if you're not from America, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. So just have fun, I guess. I don't know. Go us. If you're in England, like, go get some fish and chips or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we're going to start off news talking about some Nintendo switch. Sh- why did I say switch like that <laughs> sales? Uh, the Nintendo switch. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. Oh my God. Have reached over 114 million. That's crazy. With the Mario Kart eight deluxe reaching 50 million units sold. That's a lot. Uh, in addition, the company has cut its forecast of Switch sales by 2 million. Here's a quote. For Nintendo Switch hardware, we reduced our forecast by 2 million units to 19 million units. While there is a gradual improvement in semiconductor and other component supplies and a recovery trend in hardware manufacturing for Nintendo Switch, taking into considering production and sales performance thus far, we have modified the Nintendo Switch hardware sales units forecast for the fiscal year. That is the end of that very wordy quote. Animal Crossing New Horizons sits in second place for software. I can't almost say. Go ahead and make fun of me, John. Software, software sales with forty point one seven million. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate took third place with twenty nine point five three million, and our beloved Breath of the Wild is only coming in at twenty seven point seven nine million. What's up with that? Yeah. Those are some good software sales. That's how good software sales. <laughs> John the, uh, is right on me when I do that. The uh, the software sales for this for the switch for the switch for the switch almost has almost reached a billion units sold. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of units. That's a lot of software units. So uh, as far as um, consoles if you don't count handhelds um let's see playstation 4 finished out with 117 million units sold so by the end of next year switch will have outpaced that by 20 million units almost becoming the second best-selling console not handheld console of all time so now it's a tease. What's the first, John, for the folks that are wondering that question? PlayStation 2 was 157 million. That's right. I don't that was know. a beast. I don't know if that's ever going to be beaten. I don't. I mean, um, if Nintendo were able to keep this thing relevant with a lot of releases, they could do it at this point. Yeah. Well, um, 
but I don't know that they I don't know that they need to. I almost like wonder if the PlayStation Two were out today, like if we were at that point in history and it was today, like with the the way the economy is and like how many people play games. Man, how many would that sold now? Because you know, which one? General, general PS two. Just because, like, in my mind, I'm thinking like generally over time, right? Like as the economy Dude, that grows, thing was just, around forever. Yeah, like more people invested. It it's like you go back and you're like, how the heck did they sell 157 million then? You know, like I'll tell you why. Because the Nintendo sold 20 million and the Xbox sold yeah. 20 million. Yeah. Like there's a I lot of market share there. And yeah. now every now every console is selling 50 million and above. I mean, the PS3 era, both of those consoles, Xbox 360 and PS3, sold 80 million units at least. And mm-hmm. the Wii sold a hundred million. So yeah. all you I need gotta is- tell you, I love the Wii, man. Uh, second time i brought that up this this show i love that that console made me so happy when i bought it played it and owned it uh and now it now i'm going to tell you a fun fact how much i love it so i back my trailer in after gigs in the garage yeah (laughs) the wii the wii is sitting on the ground with a bunch of wii games and if i hit the games i know i've gone too far poor system so that we is bringing it is serving a purpose even to this day even to this day exactly you got a well, lot of know, games for that thing i do you Actually. know what's not on there though i only have one of these chris the best kirby is not on the Wii because yes yeah kirby in the forgotten land has become the best-selling game in the beloved right, franchise kirby. The most recent release has racked up an impressive 5.27 million copies sold since launch, which really with all the Nintendo exclusives that we just named is kind of a little bit of a bunch, the old old buddy there. Well, this <laughs> this game is outselling uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, so that's good. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think that's accurate, John. Uh, this beats out Kirby's Dreamland, which sold 5.13 million copies. Kirby and the Forgotten Land managed to move... 4 million units in its first 15 weeks of release. The game takes on the full 3D platformer, but that might not be the standard going forward, according to developer Shinya Kamazaki. Kamazaki? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I mean, I tried. Nintendo is on the, quote, Nintendo is on the same page as us, and this is something we talk about often. We hope to go beyond what is currently imaginable and challenge ourselves to create new and innovative Kirby games uh kirby confirmed for psvr2 no <laughs> kirby Dude, to the meta quest <laughs> here's the deal like kirby what do you mean new games he eats everything just what else can he eat now and become a plane right a rocket you imagine if the, that's how you fly as you eat a plane the sun i'd like to see him eat the sun <laughs> i think crazy. i think uh this is i think this was the first game that came out where the three of us were sort of unanimously considering it early on in our in our end of year conversation. Sure. For sure. It might there be was, there was mean, no controversy about that. It's probably my favorite Nintendo game since Mario Odyssey. Well, I think that's accurate. And remind me, you would put Odyssey over Breath of the Wild, is that right? Yeah. 
crazy. And that's that in itself is controversy, just like you brought up a minute ago, John, about controversy. Because, well, I'm about to. Uh, it's so yeah. controversial. I'm going to drop the doom. Hammer we need to keep it going. That's right. Oh. Oh. Heavy metal comes with a cost. Two years ago, we learned of some behind the scenes conflict between the game's developer and composer Mick Gordon. Gordon is finally speaking out. Good for him. According to the composer, id Software failed to pay him for half the game's soundtrack. And that executive producer, Marty Stratton, was a recurringly abusive presence during his work on the score. Mick Gordon begins his allegations by describing tight deadlines for final versions of musical tracks, two finished pieces of level music per month. This proved challenging, according to Gordon, due to the lack of direction of environments this music was supposed to cover. Gordon proposed solutions and workarounds for the production of the music, but was shot down by the studio. He has also alleged slow communication as well as multiple pay issues over his time working on Doom Eternal. He claimed to go unpaid for 11 months. The final product included all of his music, including tracks that the studio had rejected, with the studio only paying for half of his work. According to Gordon, quote, I've worked on some great games, built lifelong friendships and worked my butt off in the trenches with some of the best creative minds on Earth. I've had many great experiences in the game industry. My collaboration with Marty Stratton <laughs> wasn't one of them. Yeah, he came with receipts on it. Like, this is not kind of how this was with Bayonetta. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is like, from my understanding, it's like 14,000 words or something like that. This, this post that he put out there. I mean, it is detailed, uh, down to the point of just how much he was supposed to be paid, you know, because I guess they go off of like the total amount of time that they're writing for and composing and stuff of like these, the official soundtrack, they were, they were using songs by him, uh, that like, you know, he hadn't been paid for yet. They were, they were commissioning saying he was doing the soundtrack before he had a contract with them uh, down to, uh, I think like it was a sound engineer who did something like that, half the album. And he, he's just apparently hated everything that came out of that, you know? Um, so it's, it's interesting. It definitely doesn't make this Mario Stratton guy look good. And one has to wonder if there's going to be any blowback on this because you just, if you're a musician, I, I mean, I guess you could go, Hey, id is wants you to do, do the new, new, uh, doom game, right? Might as well take the opportunity because you know, Mick Gordon's not going to do it. But I, I mean, at the same time, if anyone is considering this, you wonder, are they going to go and read it and go, yeah, I'm not going to work with the studio until Mari Stratton's not there anymore. Cause I don't want to deal with that. That just doesn't sound like fun, but oh, yeah. Doesn't. It's quite an interesting read. Well, let's hope. I mean, he 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 laid all this stuff out in an article. Let's hope. Let's hope he talked to a lawyer first. Mm. Uh, Imagine if he didn't. He just did it. So, I mean, I don't know how much money we're talking about here. Mm. I don't know if it's a ten thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars. But if he wants to pursue this, I hope. Uh, I hope. I hope the lawyer fees don't aren't as expensive as the money he's owed. Well, I mean, he could, he could pursue an Avenue. If his case is lock solid and airtight, he could, he could get the court to pay his lawyers yeah. for Bethesda to pay his lawyers. I don't 
think he's but suing. If this, is, if this is if this is this is the thing. If this is such an injustice as he's alleging it is, mm-hmm. go after him in court. Otherwise, what are you really doing? Okay, and I I, I don't believe or not believe him. I just hope I just hope he's pursuing this in court because when you pursue it in court, that's what stops people from doing this type of stuff. When you have more, when you have more litigation on the books, that begins to matter and affect the industry better than any union could could accomplish or any PR debacle could accomplish. So that's the that, that's the avenue I hope the guy pursues. If in fact he does have a case, you can't just let this kind of crap go, and in, in, in hopes that you make someone look bad in Rolling Stone magazine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just. It doesn't go very far. Well, I have some experience with, you know, getting paid and a mm-hmm. gig and blah, blah, blah. And it, it will stress me out to the point if I'm not like going to the gig and, mm-hmm. and already know how it's getting paid or whatever. I don't know how you go 11 months. Yeah, uh, that's that's a weird one to me. Um, But I, I don't I don't know. Like I said, it is a very it's- interesting read. It's like, uh, and I'm waiting on Marty Stratton to say something. Yeah. Like the big thing I remember, apparently like while this was going on, he was going on to Reddit, Marty Stratton and was talking just smack about Mick Gordon <laughs> and all that. And like in part of their negotiations, he's talking like, Hey, Matt, like, yeah, just trashing the guy on the doom subreddit. Right. You know, trying to say, well, this is the reason why there's a problem because of Mick Gordon. He's not cooperating. He's not being a team player. Like, and apparently it's much more than that. I haven't read it, but like, you know, it gets detailed. And in part of his negotiations with him afterwards, he's like, could you remove this? You know, this would be helpful for us, like figuring this out while they're trying to get him. They wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. It's like all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't think he hates it. Right. I don't think he hates necessarily he Bethesda. Punch Marty he's just like, yeah, he's just like, <laughs> why would anyone treat someone this way? Like when you're trying to do a collaborative effort, especially for someone like, I mean, I think John, you would agree with this. Like one of the core parts to Doom's success in 2016 was that soundtrack and that score. Like it, you know, we we said like before. I don't know Doom what came, you're talking about. Before <laughs> Doom came out, John, like, he just listened to, you know, I don't know, John Tesh or something. And then, like, this came out, and, like, he was going to heavy metal shows. Like, I was like, when did John get into Doom metal? He's like, oh, when he played Doom. Okay. And, you know, he changed. And we had a conversation. Can you imagine John Tesh? <laughs> Doing the soundtrack for the next Doom game. <laughs> as long as it sounds like the NBA uh, Showtime theme. <laughs> nice. I just looked up for the visual. All right, we can't pay Cut it. John Chester suing us. You looked up what, Sean? I looked up Mick Gordon so I could see Mick Gordon, and I looked up Marty Stratton so I could see Marty Stratton. I don't know. I don't know who would win that fight. <laughs> I'm gonna go if you can bring props to the thing. I think Mick Gordon wins because he can hit him with a guitar. You know. Uh, can before we move on, can I bring something random to the table here? Of Very course. random. Of have course. y'all? Have you guys looked at Sonic Frontiers on Steam? It's doing well. 
Chris didn't want to play it because it was a seven. It's listed no. as listen. It's listed. <laughs> the The reviews have it listed as overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, that means sure. Sonic Frontier. There's a threshold yeah. they get, and they need four or five stars. And I understand. I take the Steam reviews. I don't take the Steam reviews with a grain of salt. I think those. Lightly, I think right. for the. I think Metacritic's. Uh, the the user reviews on Metacritic, not the not the not the reviews. I see what you're doing. So that kind of blows my mind for a game that yeah. critics sort of unanimously not hate. I mean, that's, I mean that's, hate. it's not fair to say they hated it, mm-hmm. but it's well, in the low seventies, I, I think, currently on Metacritic. But that is crazy to me. I've uh, never uh, seen that dichotomy before. I will say, like, look, if this was an indie game. To have nearly seven thousand Steam reviews, that would be pretty. You know, like there, that's usually the way you know, right? Like you go over five thousand, and you're over ninety percent on net on uh, Steam reviews. There, but like you know, for comparison, I would just say, you know, if I just go to the store real quick, I'm trying to get their uh, top selling Steam store, buddy. I'm doing that too. Yeah, I'm trying to find this has this has sixty five hundred reviews. Yeah, well, Chris is saying it's it's for him like, it doesn't hold as much weight because that's a triple Exactly. A like studio. versus you know, like look, in just the last thirty days, Elden Ring has had five thousand reviews on Steam. You know, it's four hundred and thirteen thousand reviews lifetime. Like I think it's a little bit different with triple A's there. You know, I have a higher threshold, but still I definitely think it's been this thing where it's clear there are people there, especially Sonic fans, seem like they're really happy, right? And I mean, as soon as I saw it, to your point, John, it did make me go, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I get lucky in about a week or two, this is on sale for 45 bucks or something, or, you know, here coming up during the holiday season, some point goes and I'll, I'll catch it on Steam sale for sure. Just because, you know me, I love, I love my Sonics. I almost bought it. For you know, because yeah. John told me I had to buy it for the show, because God of War. But he told me last week. He's like, "Memory was no." Point. You told me last week. I no, had to last week you came years. on the show. You came on the show and you said, "I want to thank oh. Chris for taking oh, that. that little <laughs> that yeah. little bit." Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. See, comes back to bite you. <sighs> uh, speaking of coming back, we're going back to the news now, boys, with a little bit of sad news. Very uh, Batman news. has died, and if you're in the gaming world, you probably saw this. Uh, if you just saw local, local, I meant uh, Yahoo and things like that, you saw it as well. But yeah, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman in the 1990s animated series, as well as the critically acclaimed Batman Arkham video game series, um, Conroy died on November 10th following a quote short battle with cancer, hmm. according to animated series co-star Diane Pershing. He's been ill for a while, but he really put in a lot of time at the cons to the joy of all his fans. He will be sorely missed, not just by the cast of the series, but by his legion of fans all over the world. Uh, According to Mark Hamill, Kevin was perfection. He was one of my favorite people on the planet, and I loved him like a brother. He truly cared for the people around him. His decency shown through everything he did. So of course, here at Weekly Game Chat, we hope that Kevin Conroy rests in peace for sure. He will. I don't know about John. To me, he's like when I put the list of people who played, voiced, whatever Batman, however you want to say it. He's number one. Like when I think of Batman, that's who I think of above every single person. You know that 
like, you know, he was my prime years in the nineties. I was, I think the perfect age when Batman, the animated series came out and that was every day, 4 30 PM. I'm watching Batman. That's what I'm doing. And when you heard he was going to do the voice for Batman Arkham, you're, you're just like, for once someone did something perfect in video game casting, right. For an adaptation, because you just knew there's one person who could sell you the idea of Batman, uh, that he's, you know, uh, Gotham's Dark Knight. It was always Kevin Conroy, and I was I loved it a couple of years ago on the Flash when they did their multiverse little you know string like where he finally got to play Bruce Wayne, Batman, you know, in person in the flesh and have that <laughs> moment because he's just been so important to the series uh, for so long now. And he did he did multiple animated Batman projects uh, yeah. across the across the spectrum. And I, I mean, I, I, I haven't watched Batman, the animated series in over 30 years. It's been such a long time since I've watched it and it made me want to go back in and watch it from beginning to end. It's, I think it's on HBO max. Hmm. Um, but having that control in your hand and playing as Batman with that, with that iconic voice, I love the animated series, but to me, Kevin Conroy's, um, impact will always be the Arkham games for me. That's probably not the most popular opinion, but, but he gave a weight to that, to those projects that, I mean, it's hard to imagine him not being the voice of Batman in any medium going forward. Um, so may he rest in peace. I'm, I'm young, young guy, 66 years old. Yeah. Uh, let's pivot to some, uh, happier news, especially happy for me. Uh, Remedy Entertainment guys, you know them. They make Alan Wake and invented Max Payne. Uh, has confirmed. Control, Chris has confirmed <laughs> that Control Two is in development for PlayStation Five, Xbox Series uh, consoles, and PC. Remedy and 505 Games are co-developing and co-publishing the project, which was previously known as Codename Heron. Uh, with, quote, with Control 2, we'll take another leap into the unknown. It'll be an unexpected journey. It'll take a while, but to put it mildly, this is the most exciting project I've ever worked on. It's still early game, uh, days, but it will be worth the wait. The game has a budget of $52 million. The original game had a budget of 30 million um yeah i saw this and immediately thought of you chris yeah i mean i'm i'm happy like max Payne 2 was such a leap from max Payne, and i enjoyed i think control is easily my favorite game since those first two max Payne games that they've done like i've enjoyed alan wake um i've enjoyed uh what was the other one that they did for xbox a couple of years ago uh back on the xbox one I cannot remember it right now, but, uh, you know, I've enjoyed pretty much all their titles, but this was the one where I was like, man, everything just came together for them. And it finally clicked right. Popularity wise, the sales matched what their ambitions were. So I'm glad they can come back with this. And hopefully because they developed that first game's like assets so well, maybe we won't have to wait. 40 years as long for, right right yeah well if they're, the if they're wanting it to come out for ps5 and xbox i mean we're, yeah. we're what two almost two years into the cycles already 
Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to come out relatively soon, hopefully. Yeah. It might be a faster development than, say, like Alan Wake 2. I'm sure that's yeah. something they've had to work a lot more on. Yeah, that game is a game I, I have in my queue. I just haven't gotten around to playing it, and it looks incredible. Um, you can play it on the uh, PC? No, I think I have it waiting to play on PS5 because they did they did the next-gen upgrades for it. Oh. Yeah, and that's got uh, ray tracing on there. Yeah, and it's very, <laughs> I, I, as, as, I, as I've heard it described by Chris, I think it's very Metroidvania-y. So I'm gonna say, uh, the big thing is like it felt like someone finally made X Files the video game to me. It's like someone took X Files, and um, oh man, dang it, David Lynch show is slipping my mind right now. David Ugh. Lynch, who's yeah. David Lynch? Director. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Thank you. Uh, thank it, you, John. It's like someone took that and married it together, right? And and made a cool game and a office atmosphere like a uh, kind of like a government office atmosphere that was just got more unique as i i went along playing it is there a dwight character anyway who's dwight uh, from the office sean that show you never watch bears beats Star galactica sean what exactly. sometimes you just leave us stranded sean uh, but speaking of stranded <laughs> Death Stranding has sold over 10 million. Uh, let me start over because I thought that was going to be good. Death Stranding. Let's talk about Death Stranding. Over All 10 right. million gamers have played Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the tweet. Uh, this was revealed on the game's third anniversary when it released on PS4 back in November of 2019. Uh, the game was brought to PC in July of 2020 via Steam and Epic Game Store, thus finding a new audience of players. In September 2021, Death Stranding Director's Cut launched on PC, PS4, and PS5 with new story content, game modes, and equipment. In August, the game made its way to Xbox Game Pass. The 10 million figure takes into account units that have sold have been sold across all platforms. Chris, who knew that this game would become so popular? Basically, for a guy just delivering mail. Hideo Kojima. That's who. Yeah, he knew. He knew. But my, what I'm tripping on, and Jeff Keighley probably knew too. That that you, if it came out in 2019, we probably talked around 2019 when you played it. That's just that was three years ago already. That's crazy. And I remember you saying that game. You weren't sure who would like it. How how you did like as the game finally progressed. Mm. And people would leave like ladders for you or other stuff just to make your life easier. And I thought, man, this game is never going to do anything. And especially, especially now, like it, it's a game. It, it's probably the the most improved game over time that you know Kojima's had, right? Like I feel, I feel like Metal Gear Solid Five was really well made. Yeah, from, like, yeah. You know, when it came out, and not to say it wasn't bad, it was is perfectly fine playing Death Stranding on day one. But like now with all the stuff that's been added in over time, uh, and especially on PC with all the options that they gave you, it it makes for the experience you want. And it's I wonder it's if it uh fun. no man's sky type deal. If you know how that got better over time. I wonder sure. if that's what's gonna happen or is happening to Death Stranding. True. But by the way, No Man's Sky and VR, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I hope just saying. I hope you pulled up the shot. I did. Okay. I, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. 
so now we're going to move into the game. This is exciting, guys. We're about a month away from the Game Awards. We're going to get overly hyped for this show, and it's going to be like Luster again, but we still love Jeff Keighley, right? Right. Okay. Jeff Keighley has announced every nominee for the Game Awards for 2022 with our boy, God of War Ragnarok, leading the pack with 10 nominations. And here are some of the highlights. And what we're going to do is pull up the interwebs. Um, and you can find this anywhere you want. I kind of went to Polygon because I like the way they broke it down. Of course, the big ones I'll, I'll touch on. Uh, and if there's any you guys want to highlight too, feel free to jump in. But Game of the Year, uh, there are six potential Game of the Years. Um, Xeno, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a candidate. Stray. Horizon Forbidden West. I played that one. God of War Ragnarok. Elden Ring and a Plague Tale Requiem. So those are your potential games of the year. And if you remember last year, our game won, Chris, uh, where we were killing teddy bears and stuff. Um, I'm going to scroll down to uh, best it takes VR two, John. game. Huh? It takes two, John. Yeah, it oh. takes two. And not <laughs> teddy bear. Teddy bear. Elephant. You elephant. sick. It was, it was a teddy bear elephant. Well, yeah. Okay, we're going with that. Stuffed elephant. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm excited about the best VR <laughs> games. Elephant. <laughs> uh, listen for VR games. You know, this is one I would pick. Red Matter 2. That was a great game. Moss mm. Book 2. That was a great game. Bone Lab, Among Us VR, um, and After the Fall. So those are some I'm like kind of wanting to see what wins. To see about, Bone Lab and After the Fall on this list got me excited about a VR. What do you guys have? What about narrative, Sean? Uh, narrative, yeah, that's 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 a, like some legitness in there. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem, once again, uh, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality. Hey, for, for best narrative. I have to say, when I saw that Elden Ring was on there for narrative, I was like, what narrative are they speaking of that they got nominated <laughs> for? But yeah. Any that you wanted to highlight, John? Best game with fast travel. I don't see it, John. John wanted no, you to I highlight. Think are... <laughs> oh, I think you guys are good. Um, I am uh, I'm kind of surprised that Requiem got snuck in there. It seems like there could have been... I'm not saying the game's bad by any stretch, by mm. any stretch, but it just didn't seem like game of the year quality when, when I've played it. I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't, I just it's, didn't feel like... It's got a... One, got a great story, and I think two, it's probably just reward, like I think from the developer side of the voting and the industry side of just like, this is a studio that is nowhere near the size of resources of like Sony, no, Santa Monica yeah. and built their own engine, turned around a sequel within three years that totally improves everything. Right. And I think it's just like, it, you know, we kind of talked to it, like that's the best double a, if you want to call it that like experience I've seen, like impressive wise in a while. So I think it's just them finally game reward because they kind of did get overlooked for plague's tale. Uh, I don't even sense. think they got overlooked for Plague's Tale. But no. you've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. A Plague's Tale Requiem is Chris's game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to hear, uh, if you've listened to this show and you look at this list, I, we would like to hear between now and the Game Awards, 
what you think will take home game of the year. Uh, let's let's end this with our most mm. anticipated games that they highlight here um, for next year. This is award. <laughs> huh? I don't know why this is an award. I know it's, but it's kind of funny because it gets us talking about what's coming up next year. Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, or The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. All of them, all of them, all of them, all of them, all of them. See, we get excited. We get excited. (laughs) But like, like Chris said, how is that an award? Yeah, like I get like game of the show. Like if you're going to a you know conference or whatever, right, right. Most looking for it was like way to be anticipated, guys. You did it. Way to have excitement, guys. Way to wait. PR, you did it. (laughs) You put the trailer out. Uh, Now there, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, I I was gonna say. Clearly, it's Breath of the Wild 2, even though it's not called Breath of the Wild 2. Right. <laughs> That's for me. That's for but, me, too. Um, I w- I'm going to be surprised at this point if God of War Ragnarok has enough. The only thing it's got going for it right now is that it's fresh. But, man, you cannot deny the impact that Elden Ring had on this industry this year. For sure. I mean, it was just, it blew everybody away. Including myself. Yeah. Including myself, which I still have it. I refuse to give that game up for a trade in because I keep telling myself I'm going to go back to it this year. Um, And and the fact that it sold so many copies for, for us, for a, from software game. But one thing is, one thing is for sure. It'll either be from software's second award for best game or Santa Monica's second award for best game. For sure. None of the other ones have a shot. And the winner is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I want to play that game so bad. We'll lose our minds. I mean, like, Um, I kind of understood why Stray was on there because it was, like, a very popular thing of the summer. You know, I I don't think it would be the kind of thing I would consider, but fine. Like, I would like to see John play that game. Well, Chris, let me tell you about Stray. I mean, it's... (laughs) John loved that game. I do think Requiem is a better game than Stray. Of like the small indie games, right, Sean? There's one that we both played that I would have loved to have seen get in there, which would have been Tunic. I thought Tunic yeah. was a very, very good game. We're gonna give Tunic some love. Yeah, the Game Awards might not, but uh, Weekly Games Ten will. <laughs> Fast forward a month from now, none of them had Tunic in their top three. <laughs> what the <laughs> is Tunic in anybody's list this year? Yeah, is, was it I on think... the list? No, for the oh. Game Awards. It's in a couple of categories, yes. Okay. I think it's like best action game. It did get nominated. It was just like, you know, I was like, man, that would have been amazing. nice. The the one that was really surprising, I was just like, Xenoblade Chronicles, huh? I was like, okay. I guess there's, that was It's Japan an epic, game. epic game. Yeah. Yeah. Those Xenoblade games, they really are. I, I just never have the time to speak. John always talks about he has no time to play them. I'm like, where do you, I guess if I quit playing World of Warcraft, I could play Xenoblade. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's a thing of like you get to the hour 100 and then the game really right starts. that's so pretentious right uh speaking, speaking of pretentious of, if you think back to the times when chris used to play witcher and talk about it on a podcast i was gonna go speaking of you. i was gonna go speaking of pretentious 100 plus hour games uh cd project red 
This is actually good news. Has announced that PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, uh, and PC next-gen update for Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt will release on December 14th. The upgrade is free to anyone who's already purchased the game and will include dozens of visual, performance, and technical uh, enchantments. Enhancements. I I put a C in there, and I changed it into enchantments. (laughs) Uh, Over the original. These include ray tracing support, faster loading times on consoles, as well as a variety of mods integrated into the experience, among many others. So, hey, guys, when we take the Christmas break, guess what I'll do? I'll probably go download this game and play some more for, like, the 500th hour. I don't know. You do Can't wait. game. I might I be do. down for it. About time. Yeah, I'm going to play Xenoblade. <laughs> <laughs> I I I wanted I wanted so bad to play Xenoblade three this year, but I can't. Yeah, I can't do it because number one, I played twenty five hours of the first one, haven't even scratched the surface. Are those... and apparently apparently Xenoblade three it, it relatively matters to the story if you understand what's going on in the first yeah. two games. Are I know. are the first two both just exclusive to Nintendo or did they ever put yeah. them on PC? No. Okay. okay. But you talking about an action RPG? Whew. The combat system in Xenoblade was so good. It is so good. So good. So oh, sorry. I played did that I... the other night and they did the thing, boys. <laughs> they they I started this I started that track, hands touching hands, and when they all were like, oh crap. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. It was good times. Good times there, boys. Uh, speaking of good times, I think we, well, I shouldn't say it that way. Cause I was going to say we've reached the final part of the news. <laughs> like that's good times, but. Finally. This week. Dear God. <laughs> it's Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne's really strong. But so are the sales for PS5. Uh, Here are the NPD numbers, as well as um, having a strong start for PS5. October 22 of 2022 saw the PS5 being the best-selling console in the U.S., allowing a promising start to its hardware sales leading into the holiday season. The console topped, toped? (laughs) The console topped the hardware charts both in terms of units sold and dollar sales with Xbox Series coming in second place. Here is the best-selling games for October 2022. Number 10, Elden Ring. Number 9, Bayonetta 3. Number 8, Chris's Game of the Year, NBA 2K23. Number 7, Persona 5. Number 6, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Number 5, NHL 23. Number four, Madden NFL 23. Number three, FIFA 23. Number two, Gotham Knights. Yeah. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And it's currently outselling Red Dead Redemption 2. (laughs) And the beat goes on. So that um, list. So we, we were games. we were told last week, I think, that PS5 needed a very, very strong 
holiday to make the number they were shooting for. I don't remember what the number was, but hopefully this is the beginning of a strong start for them. Yeah, as long as those semiconductors and nanotechnology things start happening again. And as long as those things, those USB drives keep breaking, making people buy more consoles. Exactly, dude. It runs like butter. But I gotta give a shout out again. I don't know what this means exactly, but Gotham Knights number two? People are excited about Gotham. That's amazing. I'm so relieved. People love DC anything. That's why that I could totally squirrel and just talk about all things DC. If they could just get it right, they would dominate everything. You're not wrong. <laughs> we do. Uh, all right. I got a question before we pivot. What? Remember when we had our friend Tim on and he was talking about a Persona game? Persona mm-hmm. 5. It was five? Yeah. yeah. That was like six years ago. It well, came Sean, out on Switch. I know, but like that's insane. Sean, you could play Persona 5 Royale on Game on, Pass right now. Right. I don't know what they all are. I don't understand. Well, I, who am I? Maybe that'll be your journey this next year as they all come to Game Pass. You can play all the Persona games <laughs> and find out. <laughs> can you imagine? I'm 17 years late. Guys. There's a series called Persona. They're amazing. <laughs> they are better than everything. Even better than Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty. Uh, guys. Yeah. It's Christmas, almost. And when you go to Christmas, you got to wrap things up. So why don't we wrap up this podcast? What do you think? Never. Just to be safe. Okay. Sean, can you believe you almost missed this? From the Africa. <laughs> John, I I I almost missed this, bro. I was gonna eat chili and play God of War. <laughs> Can't imagine that being any better than this. Oh my god. Well, but ladies and gentlemen, if you want to send us an email, of course, uh, you can do that weekly games chat at gmail.com. And we call this part of the show emails, but you know, it's more than that. We start off with emails. We end up going to Twitter and other things that we see that you bring to the show. So we appreciate it very much. And one of you guys are going to start off, I assume, with one of these emails, right? Sure. Potentially. I'll go. Pre scanning them, Chris. Just read one. I'm just looking. I'm like, which title do I want? Um, I'm going to go with this one. I haven't read one from him, I think. This is from Devin. And it's titled... It's titled, To NPR's Biggest Richards. Greetings, guys. It's great to have the three of you back together again uh, this past show. Although I was kind of digging the NPR vibes the week prior. John, we really need to start our NPR podcast. Yeah, you do. I I won't be a part of that. And if that's what Devin likes, he can... That was gonna be mean to Devin. Never mind. That would be um that would be our um what's that? What's that thing you put the podcast on that raises money? What's that called? Oh, uh, Patreon? 
Patreon. That would yeah. be our bonus episode. Well, if you donate to this podcast $5 a month, you get the NPR episode. We'll do That uh, sounds terrible. The name of it will be All Chol- Chipotle Considered. And uh, <laughs> and it will just be me and John talking about various combinations of Chipotle that you can get. But anyways, anyway, I wanted to message in to thank John for his review of Gotham Knights because he managed to change my mind 180 degrees on the game. I was skeptical, but excited for the game before it came out. And then the reviews hit on launch and I immediately dropped it from my sights in disappointment. Uh, But after listening to John's review, didn't spell John right, FYI, I decided to give it a go. And now I'm very much enjoying it. You definitely do have to go into the game knowing it's not going to be another Arkham game. It's doing its own thing, and I dig it. And by uh, and the way Barbara Gordon fills out the Batgirl suit definitely doesn't hurt things either. Ooh. Wink and nudge. Hey. Game on, guys, and keep up the good work, Devin. So basically what Devin is saying is the reason this game is number two on the MPD chart is because of Weekly Games Chat's review. You're just Potentially. Saying, which really is just uh, low key of John's way of saying it's because of me. No, I, I, I give credit to the platform I, I exist on. No one believes what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> no one believes what you no, just that, said. No, but but on, in, the, in on, on honesty, I've gotten this Gotham Knights review. I, I've I, I don't often get mad props from from people about reviews that you know but i'm very flattered uh that he that that he had a good experience with this review and that he's enjoying the game because i think it's an enjoyable game you have said that from day one you've said it's a 7.5 but it's amazing 72 on uh on steam right now nice mm-hmm. uh one of you two go Do you want me I'll to, take, John? I'll take Tucker. Okay. Oh. All righty. Patience. Pre- Patience. What? Nothing. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna call you a pre-reader too. No, I didn't pre-read anything. I believe you. That's why I stopped. Okay. Patience. We must have. Hi, guys. Hey, Tucker. Because everyone is starting to get ready for Christmas, and local radio stations are already starting to play holiday music. I'm thinking about murder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about doing something bad to Mariah Carey by sending her. I don't. Should I? Is this okay? Uh, yeah. By reading. Uh, by sending oh, her. Oh, this Palmer is coming Lucky. off of last yeah. week. Yeah. It's okay. fine. Just read it. It's fine. By sending her Palmer Lucky's SAO inspired VR headset of death, which I find equally terrifying and interesting. People need to understand it's turkey season and save it for Black Friday at least. Seriously, though, thank you guys so much for bringing fresh new content to the table each week and making me laugh out loud. While I'm getting back more info into the gaming world, I've noticed I have a minor dilemma. I'm 17, live at home, and my parents won't let me have any games rated below T. Hmm. I think he might be above. Maybe. This closes me off from all the Golden Richardness. In the game, in the gaming industry, Doom, God of War, Assassin's Creed, Witcher, effing Half Life, Arg. Mm. Uh, while I plan on playing these games sometime in the future, I wanted to ask you guys what are some really great games out there that everyone in my household 
would be chill with. Sincerely yours and game on Ender. P.S. Sean was curious on what an axolotl axolotl was. So here's a yeah, link. That was that thing I sent you guys last week that you couldn't really see. Go ahead and click that and get freaked out. <laughs> sent from inside oh, yeah, John's things. dusty trombone. What is this thing? Let's click yeah, on go it. ahead and click on that and, and get freaked ah! Right, what is that? That's a Murloc. Looks like a it looks like a Pokemon. Go with Sean. All right, Murloc. some games. I, 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 some games he can play. Look, let me tell you about a game called Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Amazing, amazing game. And I'm not even being facetious. I know. I'm right there with you. That game's super fun. Um, Return to Monkey Island is great. Mario Rabbids <laughs> thing that Chris covered. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what kind of consoles he has. Super Mario Odyssey, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, The Legend of Zelda The Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. I am, but I am curious, um, none of my business, but why why that standard in the house? I just find that interesting. Maybe uh, let's go by ratings. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Another year, he can play all the GTA 5 his little heart desires. But not yet. unless unless that has nothing to do with the fact that he's seventeen. Maybe he, maybe has maybe he has a very religious family. Potentially, yeah. I do have to say that I I get listen. I get the gripe on people not wanting to hear Christmas until a certain point in time in their mind that they feel is right for hearing Christmas music. But here's the deal, man. People want to be happy. And they are excited about something. We have no idea why they need that excitement. Uh, we have no idea about what's going on in their world. If it makes people happy to play holiday music on November 1st, so be it. I, I'm like you, though. I'm not ready to listen to it until I'm ready to listen to it. So then I make my own playlist. Did you ever or I work? change the, or change the station. What? Did, did you ever work in retail, Sean? Yeah, and I know they start playing it. Yeah, I do. That, I, I, I start off by saying I get it. I understand it. Oof. But it, it's, it's not my... Look, here's the deal. It's not Mariah Carey's fault she made a hit. No. You know? it's, it's it is what it is. It's your fault for saying you need to hear it every 25 Dude, minutes. Dude, I went to Crumble. That's a cookie store. You, you Some of you yeah. who listen may know about it. I, this was like September, maybe even early October, before Halloween for sure. And they're playing a Christmas rotation type playlist. I thought it was one song. No. I thought it was two songs. No. I waited for our order and every song that came on was Christmas. So I get it, man. I get and it. For the record, his wife manages that store. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, kidding. Oh, my goodness. Alejandro, we're going to read your email next. This is from uh, it's titled In Motion. Gentlemen, your recent review of Mario Rabbids, that was Chris, brought back fond memories of the very first Rabbid game on the Wii. Wow. I like that console, but not its motion controller, which looked like a square white duh, uh, pickle with buttons. It was inaccurate and uncomfortable. The PlayStation Hitachi <laughs> Magic Wand controller wasn't much better. That's funny, because I have those to play VR on, and they suck. My question is, now, almost two decades later, has the technology improved enough that motion controllers could make a comeback? It should simply be the matter of adapting existing VR controllers to work with non-VR games. 
Don't you think it would be amazeballs to throw Kratos's axe with a motion controller, even if it meant needing Tommy John elbow surgery by the end of the game? Love to hear your thoughts. Movingly yours, Alejandro. And this was sent from the outer rim of the metaverse. Mm. Guys, let's weigh in on this one, huh? I would only want motion controls if it's VR related. I guess. They work well with VR. And yeah. They're getting better with that. By itself. I have no desire to sit in front of my TV because you're like thinking, I'm going to be like this throwing the axe. And I'm no, just going to. No, that's not how you're it gonna works. Be like, you're going to be sitting on your couch just going. Yep. <laughs> and you're going like, to learn how to do it to get the maximum impact. Yeah. Exactly. That's how I rolled a 300 and we bowling every single time. Yeah, I just I think the the idea of having people move around when they're playing traditional video games is is great in thought Mm -hmm. and in hope. But most gamers are lazy. Yeah, I don't want to eat Doritos and drink Mountain Dew. Okay, it's not that I don't mind having that like a curated experience, right? Like kind of like how the Batman VR game was like where it was like, hey, here's like a two hour experience of you doing Batman stuff. But it's like. I don't want to play a 40 hour, 50 hour God of War game where I have to consistently do that when I could just be laying back on my couch with a controller that has yeah. inputs. I agree. Yeah. I agree. John, you got any thoughts? Do you know who Tommy John is, John? <laughs> he invented. Don't they make right? underwear? They do make underwear now. Yeah, I, I'm, I never had a problem with motion controls as long as they were implemented well, which wasn't necessarily a frequent thing. Let me tell you the hardest time I had a problem, the, the was it the gyro something in the one of the Nintendo controllers? That drove me insane. Mm. Yeah. That was different than the the Wii motion controllers and everything, but Ooh. yeah, I'm like, I'm with Chris though, man. It immediately comes to VR for me and they work there. I just don't know how they pivot over. You said gyro and now I'm thinking I want a pita. Mm. <laughs> you can't, you must eat multi-grained I mean, Cheerios. Shawarma's good for you, John. Shawarma. You want to go get some shawarma after this? Why do you? Are you seriously going to go eat food with John? Well, if you'd wrap this up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're also on Twitter, and that would be at Weekly Games Chat on Twitter. I don't know what we've got over here. Uh, oh, we had some liked that we were live. People were excited that we were live today. So we appreciate that. I got to tell you, boys, I've been. This has nothing to do with the show, but uh, so in college football, the Old Miss Rebels have a coach. His name is Lane Kiffin. He has been on a tear with his tweets recently, and I don't know why I find them uh, so funny. Um, just saying. Just saying. Uh, let's see. We don't have any direct messages or anything like that. Just to remind you guys, we are on Twitter at Weekly Game Chat. I'm going to see if we got any followers. No, we followed everybody back already. We are good to go. So I will pivot over to remind you, we have a Discord. Uh, And if you're in the gaming world, you know what Discord is. If you're not part of our community, ask yourself why. Come join us. And in that area, we have emails. So let's see what date today is. And let's make sure I don't reread other stuff. It's the 15th. It is. So this was sent on the ninth by Old Man Draven. It says, per the discussion of the sorry, per the discussion of the copies of GTA Five sold, I'd be willing to bet a lot of people have purchased the game more than once. So that will definitely inflate that number. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think I bought GTA Five at least twice. Yeah, 
I bought it on PC and Xbox, so and maybe also <laughs> PS4. Uh, last week also we talked about uh, one of our listeners wrote in about getting a TV if you remember that so this was from Punkhead who said to the dude that wrote in last week that needs to persuade I'm sorry persuade the wife to get a new TV have your side chick throw keys at your old TV like my now ex-girlfriend has done (laughs) like so and there's a picture (laughs) of the TV not in good shape and then he says and then buy the LG C2 as Chris had mentioned the cost is worth it if you've never gone OLED. Otherwise, for budget, Hisense gets my vote for best bang for the buck. He then added, OLED is definitely a game changer, even if you get something other than the LG C2. Uh, Hague, if you've noticed, we haven't said anything about anything being better than um, Assassin's Creed in our chat, wrote in today and said, sorry, I'm missing the stream tonight, but game on to everyone. Uh, Ragnarok is a r- amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to talk about it. I hope you guys do a spoiler cast like you did for God of War 2018. Mm. It was fun to hear your perspectives on it. You see, John, a spoiler cast is better than Odyssey. <laughs> love it. Love that. And uh, yeah, if you, remember, if you don't want to send an email to the weekly games chat, if you don't want to mention us or do anything on Twitter, you still have Discord. It's a lot more, it's more of just fun stuff in there too so let me get to a point where i can actually see what is going on up in here up in here boys anything else to add before we uh officially end this bad boy we good to go i'll just say happy thanksgiving to all of our american listeners yeah for Hope sure you happy enjoy your week enjoy your week uh ladies and gentlemen this has been episode 381 of weekly games chat uh, where we talked about Return to Monkey Island. Good times indeed. Uh, thank you so much, John, for doing that. A reminder to anyone who downloads our show uh, to please leave us a review wherever you do that. It helps other folks like yourself find us and we grow our community. If you want to write in an email to us, you can do so weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. We stream live here on Twitch every week. Weekly Games Chat, you can find us. And of course, our Discord. I now look to my buddy John and my buddy Chris. I love you guys to death. Game on to John. Game on to Chris. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. Game on, Chris. Peace out, everybody. I don't know why we went faster than user, usual, so I'm going to say, wait. Now I'm going to say your mom's box. Thug life. There we go. Thug life.